Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome in, welcome in. You are listening to the official Redbird Rant podcast, episode number 25. 21, sorry, 21. Tried to jump ahead with us. It's really good to have everybody joining us. And we have got a really outstanding thing going on. Bear with us just a minute. We're trying to work on some technical difficulties again. Josh, how are you? I'm good. I'm watching the Cardinals and icing my leg after a kickball injury, so I can't complain too much. And Nathan, how are you? I'm doing well. No kickball injuries over here, but enjoying the game as well. I love it. Seems like I fixed the technical difficulties. So to our listeners who are listening live, so sorry about that. And to our listeners who are listening to this after the fact, bear with us. Thanks that you stuck with us there for a little bit as we got through some technical difficulties. For those of you who don't know, we broadcast live on Blog Talk Radio. It is a great place to go find some incredible podcasts, and we are very happy to be there. If you go and search for Redbird Rants, you will find all of our podcasts and a wonderful way of keeping up with us and listening in on anything that you might have missed. We are fan-sided Redbird Rants, which is your place to go for all things St. Louis Cardinals. I'm Michael Miles, co-editor there, and I'm co-editor at Redbird Rants with Tito Rivera. Tito, tonight, is actually in Kansas City watching the game. And you know what, guys? Let's just make sure we put this on the table. It is completely off-limits to say that tonight's win, which seems to be a foregone conclusion, has anything to do with Tito Rivera. Wouldn't you agree, Josh? I'll never give Tito credit for anything. I think that's fair. Do you have any input on that, Nathan? No, I am 100% on board with that as well. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So listen, we're doing something (laughs) fun tonight. As we are broadcasting live, and so if you're listening to this as a recorded podcast, Sorry you missed it. Make sure you catch us next time. But if you are listening live, and we hope there are plenty of you out there, follow our Twitter account, which is at FSRedbirdRants. That's F and S as in Sam, RedbirdRants, because we are going to be running Twitter polls all throughout tonight's episode. We are pitting Josh McDonald and Nate Grime against one another, and we'll be running Twitter polls at each topic so you, our listeners, can vote and let us know who you think won the topic. So are you guys up for that? Absolutely. Let's go. Okay. So the first topic on the table is the Cardinals quest for 500 baseball. We've got this four game series that's kicking off against the Royals two in Kansas city, two in St. Louis. I'd like to hear from you on what you guys are looking for in the series and your reactions from this game. And then I'll interrupt you and come back. So let's start with you, Nathan, 
Let us know what your thoughts are as we're going into this series and, again, specifically about this game right now. Well, headed into the series, the Cardinals one game under 500. Um, obviously, it's well known that the Cardinals have not actually been at 500 since the beginning of June, so it's really been over two months. And every time they're one game below 500, they haven't been able to get over that hump and get to 500. Um, you know, up 9-2 to two in the 8th as we're recording right now. So it looks like the Cardinals will finally break even. And, um, you know, the 500 mark is somewhat obsolete because really what matters, of course, is the division standing. But, you know, as the Cardinals get to 500, hopefully tonight, you're talking about, you know, depending on how the Cubs do in San Francisco this evening, either two and a half or three and a half games back at the Cubs. And that's really the most important mark to look at. Um, you know, if you remember last season, it seems like the mark that the Cardinals could never achieve was 10 over 500. You know, every time they had a chance to, you know, get to 10 games over 500 down the stretch, they weren't able to do so. And obviously missing the game, missing the playoffs by one game, you know, that would have been a, a good mark to hit. But they eventually did hit that, you know, in the last game of the season. They finished 10 over 500 and they still weren't able to make the playoffs. So obviously chasing the Cubs is the most important mark, but it's good to see that the Cardinals will hopefully, you know, barring you know, something very unexpected in the last inning here, um, hopefully get back to that mark. So that's good to see. Obviously, they're going to have to keep playing, you know, after this good baseball. I think the best thing to see is that the offense, after showing up, you know, yesterday in Cincinnati, has, uh, you know, continued to put runs on the board here um, in the first game in Kansas City. So that's obviously going to help you. Um, pitching has been good, you know, in the last handful of games. But the offense is really what's going to probably make put this team over the top if they are going to try to make a run at the division, and they find themselves in actually pretty good territory in the division, you know, despite the frustrations, despite hovering around 500. So um, at this point, it's all about putting runs on the board, racking up wins, and then hoping that the uh, the Cubs and Brewers um, don't get too hot either. Josh? Going into the series, uh, when you look at the matchups, this is one where you really hope the team's going to take advantage uh, tomorrow they probably have their toughest matchup of the series against Vargas, who's having an incredible year considering, you know, his history. But after that, they see uh, Hamill and I believe Cahill. Yeah, two guys with over four ERAs. That's something that you have to take advantage of. If you can't do that, it's time to just write it off. And I don't know how many times we have to say that, that these are make-or-break uh, series, but – we keep having them because the Cardinals can't seem to either make that run or get put away because of the disappointing division this year. You'd like to see this team take at least three or four and, and hopefully take a little bit of that going forward. It's really nice to see them putting up runs because in the past they have been a team that has put up big runs one game, and then failed to show up for the next couple games. So uh, seeing them put up nine today after putting up 13 yesterday is a great sign. I think that keeping the hot bats in right now is a great step forward, and I'm very happy to see them making the right decisions. Uh, right now I, I'm watching Paul DeYoung, I believe, just hit a bomb, which is great. This team keeps hitting. Uh, this, this team's going to go as far as the offense is going to take it right now. Uh, at different points in the year, different positions have been in charge of leading this team. Right now, the, it's it's on the offense. So if the offense can keep hitting, I would not I would not rule out a run by this team. 
All right. And you know, you guys, we just finished up the series in Cincinnati, which was a series win. Sunday, we saw this huge offensive outburst, very similar to what we're seeing tonight. We also saw the bullpen sort of coming together. And then lastly, just I'd like to hear your takeaways from the Cincinnati series. Let's start with Josh this time. And remember, those of you who are voting, this is still in the same topic, and that voting is about to open on Twitter. So, Josh, talk to us about the Cincinnati series, and then we'll hear from Nate. It's nice to see the Cardinals beat teams they should beat. Uh, I really think they should have taken a sweep, but Friday was a little disappointing. But winning two out of three, winning series is always the key, so it's nice to see them do that. As for the bullpen, I – I think a lot of it has to do with being used properly. I don't know that a lot of it is them settling down and pl- pitching better, but getting guys in that haven't been haven't been pitching, haven't been given that opportunity, and they're now getting those chances. Something that we haven't seen very much is a properly used bullpen. Fortunately, we're starting to see that right now, and I don't know if Matheny handed those the reins off to somebody else, but – if he is, good job. You're doing, you're doing what we need. And I think the big key right now is the resurgence of Trevor Rosenthal. You have a guy that you trust to sit in the back end of that of the of the bullpen coming in the ninth, shutting things down. That's that's huge because that's something this team has not had up until probably two three weeks ago. Rosenthal finding his form has been great because coming into the year we all thought Sungwano was going to be the guy, and he he seems to have lost it. So, really going forward, I would like to see continued use from guys like Brebbia and Tui. I think that if they're really serious about seeing what they have, those guys need to get used, and I think that that'll go a long way in keeping guys keeping guys loose and not overusing them, and which is going to be a big a big deal going forward. Yeah, and it's great that you were talking about Tui because they just showed a clip of Tui warming up in the pen. So maybe you're going to get a chance to see him in the bottom of the ninth. Hey, Nate, it's your turn. Talk to us about the Cincinnati series. Well, it was obviously good to see the Cardinals offense show up yesterday and then also good to see the Cardinals take two of three. But, I mean, if you look at the first two the first two games of that series, you know, for me it was still just too much mediocre baseball from the Cardinals. I mean, Mike Leake gives you a six-inning, three-run start. That's probably what you should come to expect from Mike Leake, but then the offense only scores two runs, can't do enough. Um, then the 4-1 to victory on Saturday, that was good to see Lance Lynn pitching well, of course. But then again, you'd like to see the offense, uh, you know, do more, you know, against the Cincinnati Reds team that is not known for its pitching that's at the bottom of the division, you know, 20 games below 500. Um Sunday was 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 a welcome to see the Cardinals offense put up 13, something we, you know, I think expected that this is kind of the ceiling for the Cardinals offense at least. You know, we expected them probably to be able to put it all together more, you know, to get one through nine, one through nine going. And, um, you know, Adam Wainwright's start was a bit disappointing, um, giving up the three runs in the first inning. But the bullpen, you know, as was mentioned, did pick it up, had a had a really good series in Cincinnati, I think, only allowed one run in in uh, 12 innings or something like that, uh, 11 or 12 innings. So that was certainly good to see. And as Josh said, I'd have to agree with him about about the roles. It's good to see Rosenthal in that ninth inning. I think that's probably what we'll see going forward, you know, barring you know, uh, back-to-back meltdowns or something like that. But, um, you know, seeing a guy like Tyler Lyons in the late innings, um, because we know he can pitch there, 
for whatever reason, Mike Mazzini has been hesitant to use Lions in the late innings. But, you know, he made the middle of that uh, Cincinnati Reds lineup, especially Joey Votto, pretty hapless at the plate. And, you know, that's Tyler Lyons at his best, and that could be a weapon in the Cardinals' bullpen. Of course, he's a natural starting pitcher. So I think Matheny always is um, holding out to use him in a multi-inning appearance. But if you want to win games, and given the, uh, you know, the disarray that has been the Cardinals' bullpen up until now, you've got to use, you know, the guys that will give you the best chance in those late innings. And it looks like Tyler Lyons, he hasn't really done anything but prove that he deserves a shot in those later innings. And he got that over the weekend, which was good to see. As far as other roles in the bullpen are concerned, uh, Brebbia and Tui are probably uh, more than deserving. Um, we'll see how much action they get in actual, um, you know, close close games and, and bigger roles. Obviously, pitching tonight, you know, in a nine-run game isn't going to do too much to uh, increase Tui's bid for uh, late-inning action in uh, tight spots. But we'll see how that goes mo- moving forward. Um, the bullpen is going to be big, especially as the Cardinals starting pitching continues to churn out quality starts. All right. That is really something, you guys. So here are the results. I'm really glad to say that we had 12 votes in that topic, and it is a dead 50-50 heat. I'm going to go uh, vote for this, myself I, so I can break that. <laughs> I think this voting thing is going to be a problem for my attention span. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I'm loving. I just keep going to refresh votes. it. Fourteen votes, still fifty-fifty. All right, so that one's going to sit I think out I just there. Put myself over the top. Oh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yes, yeah, still fourteen votes. We'll circle back around. I'll let you guys know how that one goes. But let's move on to the Looks second. Looks like I also topic. got. Okay. What'd you say? Yeah, I was just going to say, it looks like I also got an endorsement for, uh, from Tito, so thank you for that. None That's of us right. care about he- Tito's opinion. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys, there have been a couple of negative comments that have been made about the Cardinals clubhouse. I want to start with just one. Let's start with that. I'd like to hear both of your reactions to it. And that is the quote from Tommy Fan. Let me share with you the exact quote, and it goes something like this. Man, we're not good. We're not dynamic. We lack speed. We lack power. And if you look at all the good teams, they have that. They have both of those elements, speed and power. We just have a lot of guys, man, who are still trying to figure it out, and that element doesn't help either. Turn first to you, Nate. What are your reactions to that quote by Tommy Pham? And what does it say about the Cardinals clubhouse in general? Well, I think first it's important to note that that quote was on Friday night. That was after the uh, series opening loss against the Reds. And it looks like three straight wins does a little bit maybe to subside that. But I think he's right. I mean, the Cardinals don't have the same power they had last season and they've never really had the speed in recent years. And it's going to be hard to do a lot as an offense if you don't have that. If you're kind of just station to station, single hitters, um, when everyone does get hot like today and yesterday, you see more extra base hits and even a little bit of power. But speed's really an element that's been in the Cardinals lineup at any point this season, um, perhaps say for the couple of weeks that we've seen Magnera Sierra or Harrison Bader. But those guys are back in uh, AAA and AA now. 
so I think Tommy Pham, quite frankly, is right. Um, the the part of that quote where he says we have a lot of guys trying to figure it out, I think that um, kind of goes to show you that the Cards have a lot of maybe mediocre to good offensive pieces. They don't really have a superstar in offense. So when they're all muddling, um, it kind of just becomes a lot of the same players uh, profiling similarly offensively one through eight. Um, if you look at like Matt Carpenter, Dexter Fowler, Stephen Biscotti, guys like that have all, you know, had put up similar numbers this season. They give you a similar at bat. Um, so there's really no no guy in the middle of that lineup to kind of uh, get the offense going or clean up or really turn things around. So when all of these guys that profile similarly on the offensive side of the plate, when they all do get going, things are, of course, really, really good. As we've seen, they've uh, put up consecutive 10-plus run games in the last couple of nights. But for the for the vast majority of the season, Tommy Pham, Tommy Pham's comments, I think, are right on about the offense. Um, and diagnosing it with a lack of speed and power, I think, um, is, is we're not really used to hearing a player, you know, from any team, especially the Cardinals, just straight up say we're not good. Maybe it happens more often than I am than I am aware, but I cannot remember the last time the Cardinals players said midseason we're not good. I mean, obviously the Cardinals have had pretty good teams in the past, but this is a team that, in statistically, is in the race in the division. And, you know, whether Tommy Pham could be a spark plug, uh, a leader in that clubhouse, you know, just from a vocal standpoint, obviously we know he's been a leader on the field and in that offense. Um, You know, this could probably do good for the team. I don't think it's really going to hurt the team because I don't think people will look at Tommy Pham and say he's wrong, you know, if they're being quite honest. Obviously, you know, when you look at Mike Matheny, he's got to put out a good persona for the team. He's not going to say, you know, our team's awful, we're not good. Um, but I think he does acknowledge, he acknowledges those struggles that they've had. I don't think there's necessarily clubhouse turmoil. I know we talked about that a little bit last week with the Molina and Matheny controversy. But I think the comments from Tommy Pham are well taken. Um, and I don't think really anyone who gives a candid look at the 2017 Cardinals can say he's wrong. And hopefully it just lights a fire under this team in the last couple of months. Those are great comments, Nate. And I just want to let you know, I posted up for those of you who are listening live, the time to vote. And before Josh has even opened his mouth, he is winning this vote (laughs) two to nothing. So I think that's pretty telling Josh. And we've set the table for you to either continue this landslide or lose it completely by simply opening your mouth and speaking. But let's turn to you now as the Cardinals have just defeated the Royals 11-3 Josh, what what do you take away from Tommy Pham's comments that you just heard earlier? Well, I don't. I it, it takes me a, a minute to finally real like take in what Tommy Pham says because when is the last time the Cardinals had a player who was so vocal and would go out of his way to say these sorts of things? I cannot, for the life of me, think of one. There's, I know, there's been turmoil in the in the clubhouse before, but it was never like brought out to light where a teammate is calling out other teammates. They've had at closed door meetings, player only meetings, things like that, I'm sure. But it's never been something that the fans have been involved with. And it's interesting that Tommy Pham is the guy that's doing it because Tommy Pham was not on this team to begin the year. And that had to light a fire on him, and he knows that he was good enough to be on this team, and he's proved it since he's been up. So it's it's interesting that Tommy Pham is so vocal about these things, but he's not wrong. 
I do think that this team, as Nate said, they do have some speed, but unfortunately it's in the minors. Harrison Bader and Magnar Sierra are two of the fastest players I think I've seen in a Cardinal uniform in a very long time. And if they were with this team, they would provide that spark. But unfortunately, the Cardinals have more outfielders than they know what to do with. So that's something they just have to they have to figure out because they have dynamic speed in the minor leagues right now. And we have seen it at the major league level for a few weeks at a time. As for the power, spot on. Matt Carpenter is expected to be one of our better power hitters. And he just hit his first home run tonight since June. So that's a problem. Matt Adams was supposed to be a power bat for us. He wasn't. He got traded. Then he became a power bat in Atlanta, and that was depressing for everybody. They don't have the John Carlos Stantons, even Marcelo Zuna, Aaron Judge. They don't have that one guy you're like, yeah, that guy's going to hit 35 home runs, 40 home runs. And they haven't had one of those in a while. That's, uh, and I think that's something that they are going to focus on this offseason and we'll see what kind of things they do there. But I I think that there is a divide in the clubhouse. I think personally that Matheny has kind of lost this clubhouse because I think that while people have tried to downplay the Molina situation or others who have made it out to be a lot, of, I think if you lose Molina, you lose the entire clubhouse. And that's something that I'm a little concerned is happening. But winning will change things. The Cardinals have just won three in a row, and they're going to go into tomorrow at 500. So maybe winning can be a cure, but I do think that there is a little bit of animosity amongst the players towards management right now, and I cannot say that I disagree with them with how things have been handled. Great comments all around, and I'm right there with both of you. You know, I – I'm glad to see Tommy Pham take a stand like this. I'm glad to see any player, for that matter, take a stand. I think that someone needed to. And if your manager, if Matheny's not going to take the stand and push the players forward, then the players themselves have to take some accountability. And I think that's what we saw. At the same time, I want to add this little piece before we take a break. I find it interesting that when Matheny tried to push the team forward with the comments he made or hinted at making about Yadier Molina, which I think was the wrong target to place, I think that he had good intentions. And notice I kind of stutter when saying that because I'm not a Matheny fan. That said, I think that this comment, these comments from Tommy Pham are, are a really wonderful thing. So here's what I want to do. We're keeping the vote open for that one. By the way, we've received seven votes on this topic. And right now, Josh is ahead, 57% to Nate's 43%. But we're not really finished with this topic. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to turn to each one of you and have you tell me if you think the clubhouse is united. Were they united before these comments? Are they united today? Also, I'm interested to know if you guys think there's Um, If the players and the managers or the management are starting to realize that this year they're pretty well out of it. And then I really would like for you to pinpoint for me after the break what caused things to go awry. So if you're listening to us live, stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. And you are listening to the Redbird Rants official podcast, episode 21 on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for sticking with us. Quick plug, we are taking a vote tonight during each of our topics. There's four minutes left to vote in the second topic about the negative comments regarding the St. Louis Cardinals Clubhouse. 
Right now, according to what I can see, it is a dead heat 50-50, and both of them are tied. Uh, actually, it looks like at this moment, Nate has just gone ahead with nine votes. Okay, so here we go. Let's continue this conversation, fellas. I would like for you to talk to me about the clubhouse. Are they united? Do you think the players and management are starting to realize this is not our year? And then what caused things to go awry to close out this vote? Start with you, Josh. Um, I don't think that the players and management are ever going to admit that this is not their year to the public or to themselves because these are professionals. I think they're going to go out there, they're going to play their game, and they're going to hope that it comes out their way. These aren't the type of guys that are going to give up. We have some high-character guys on this team, and I think we've seen that throughout the years. There's, and especially with some of the young guys, they're, about, they're not about to give in. They're getting their opportunity right now, and they're going to work hard. So I don't think that that has uh, been an issue at all. I do not think that this team will be giving up at any point. That's just not how they work, especially when they sit fairly close to the top of the, top of the NL Central. As for a divide, I do think that there is a divide between the coaching staff and the playing and the players. Um, it it may not be as big as it's been advertised by Twitter and the media, but any time that um, the manager is essentially saying negative things about who is considered to be the heart and soul of the clubhouse, there's going to be an issue, and I think the players have rallied around themselves more than management because when you take comments like Tommy Pham, it's a lot easier to light a fire under yourself when they're coming from one of your own, not when they're coming from management or the front office because those you can brush off as those guys aren't playing every day. They don't know what's going on. They're just, they're, they're managing, they're up there in their office, whatever. We're the ones out there playing. When you're one of your teammates is calling out the team, that's a situation that I think can bring this team together and make them say, look, we're not playing well. We need to make a change. I don't think that these are comments that need to happen all the time because I think that would be a precursor to some very big issues. But I do think that Tommy Pham's uh, comments were timely, and I think they are having a good effect. As for when, why have things gone awry, I think that it's all down to just poor play and poor management. This team came into the year hoping to make a run at the Cubs because they knew that they had made some additions and couldn't be too too far off. But they come into the year and you look at the start look at the starting lineup three of the original starting lineups have been sent to triple a at certain points and another one was dfa'd and johnny peralta so this this season from the start technically went awry the fact that the team's 500 right now after where they could be i think says a lot about how hard this team's trying at least i think those are fair comments nathan do you agree with those or do you have a difference of opinion? 
Well, regarding uh, unity in the clubhouse, I'll start from the top. Um, my answer to that is, you know, I, I hope they are united because as it stands right now, you know, barring what happens in the Cubs game tonight, the Cardinals are only three games back. And as I said earlier in the show, regardless of the record, that's the number you're going to look at because the Cardinals are going to try to find a way in these last couple of months to sneak into the playoffs. And, you know, whether it's a fair um, maybe expectation, I don't know if that's the right word or not, if the Cardinals do make the playoffs, I mean, you know that you're going to hear from players and from fans that this is what the Cardinals have done in recent years, sneak into the playoffs, and then they're dangerous as anybody. Whether that's going to be the case or not remains to be seen. But, um, you know, I think the clubhouse, for the most part, is united. Um, I'll go back to something that Josh touched on with um, Matheny and Molina. I think it's important to remember, despite all of the attention that was given, you know, to the supposed feud between the two, Yadier Molina acknowledged that he was upset that the, at, at the media um, for, you know, kind of skewing those comments and taking them a bit out of context. Because it was the, uh, the article that was written, um, there was a quote from Matheny, and then after that quote it said, Matheny was implying Molina was tired. That was written by whoever wrote that article. That wasn't Matheny, you know, saying I'm implying that Yadier is tired. So I think Molina was, um, you know, he, he was a bit upset that that was a implication made by people who weren't in the clubhouse. Uh, I think Molina and Matheny, they obviously communicate every single day as far as preparation is concerned. I do not think there's too much discord between the two. Maybe there's frustration, you know, between Molina and Matheny, and that could be fair on, on either of their parts. But I don't think there's discord. And if the Cardinals are going to get things together and try to make a run here, um, you know, this, it, it's not going to happen, you know, if the clubhouse isn't united. So I just think the Cardinals' play here is going to, um, you know, either prove that the clubhouse is all together or if the Cardinals continue to struggle. I don't think that's necessarily a clubhouse issue. It's just going to be the issues that we've been talking about all year, as Josh mentioned, the play on the field. Um, as far as the, the question about coming to the realization that this isn't the Cardinals' year, um, they are in the race. So I don't think you can say that anyone is saying at this point that it isn't the Cardinals' year, but I think there is this realization that they are obviously not exceeding expectations or even meeting the expectations, and there needs to be something still that changes, whether it's uh, increased offense production, offensive production or something else. So they're still trying to find that formula to get over 500 and get back atop the division. I think that's the realization that the Cardinals have had, especially now that they know that this is the team they're going to be playing with in the months of August and September because we weren't sure if they were going to add a big piece or two um, around the July deadline. Now that they know that this is the team, I think the realization that, that they would come to is this is the team we have and we're going to have to give it all we've got in order to make a run at the Cubs. Um, as far as what has gone, what has gone wrong in 2017, obviously poor play, but I think that can be traced back to maybe an expectation in spring training that every player on this team or, you know, close to every player on this team can reach their ceiling. And we maybe almost had an expectation, whether it was fans or management or, you know, anybody in between, that each player in that lineup, you know, if they could, you know, do everything right, would be a really, really good offensive piece. And I think that still holds true to an extent. I mean, we've seen what Steven Piscotti can do before, he just really has not been the Stephen Piscotty we've seen in the last couple of years. And I think the expectation was he could be a number four hitter and he just do what he did the last couple of years. The expectation was that Dexter Fowler would be atop that lineup on base percentage near 370 like it was with the Cubs or near 400 like it was with the Cubs last season. And that would, you know, drastically improve the Cardinals offense. That Matt Carpenter could be a middle of the order bat because, you know, we've seen him hit for power and average and get on base before. 
and that just wasn't the case. So all of these expectations fell short, and then it looks like the Cardinals are worse. Maybe then, maybe this is the Cardinals. I mean, maybe this is the Cardinals. Like we've seen the what they can do, but I think reality is obviously beneath the expectations, and I think that's a, a big thing to point to when you look at, you know, why haven't things gone as planned in 2017? You know, you said a something very interesting, Nathan, that I, I want to ask to both of you. It really started my brain sort of swirling. You mentioned that now that the team knows their makeup, they know what they're going to have going through the rest of August into, into September, et cetera, that now they're coalescing and, and playing extremely well. Do you think, and this is a real simple yes or no, but you guys can give me a little more feedback this is deviating a little from our agenda, but do you guys think that that may have been the thing that was really kicking the Cardinals around with the fact that there wasn't any um, solidity in the makeup of the team, that everyone was sort of in flux, wondering when their phone was going to ring to have them go elsewhere? Start with you, Nathan. I certainly think there's some validity to players maybe playing a little bit more relaxed down the stretch, uh, whether that's Randall Gritchick, Stephen Scotty, Lance Flynn even, although it seems like nothing really phases Lance Flynn, or maybe even a bullpen piece like Trevor Rosenthal. Um, knowing that they're, they're going to be on the Cardinals in the last two months and that they can focus and give everything they've got to this team here in 2017 and try to help make a run, I think there is um, certainly some merit to that. It's, it's the human factor. Honestly, if you see your name swirling in trade discussions, every day for two weeks uh, linked to different teams that may or may not be contending. How can you not help but think of that? Obviously these guys are professionals and you'd, you'd like to, at least like to think that once they're on the field, they can tune all of that out. But, um, you know, in between all of the games, they've, they've got to be aware of those types of things. And now knowing that, um, you know, barring any unforeseen August activity with the whole, uh, the waiver deadline and all of that at the end of this month, um, it seems like this is the team that the Cardinals will have. And, um, yeah, if anything, I would expect that maybe to benefit a couple of guys who um, maybe weren't sure if they'd be on the Cardinals uh, at this point in the season just a few weeks ago. Let's turn to you, Josh. And I think this is going to fit nicely into your rhetoric since we're talking about players who may or may not have thought they would stay with the Cardinals, <coughs> Gritchick. And do you think <laughs> that this is something that's aiding them to play better? I think so. I think that the team was in a bit of a state of flux for a while with were they buyers, were they sellers, even in either scenario, guys could have been on the move. And I think that had a lot of people worried. So I can definitely see this team being able to find a little bit more comfort in what, what that knowing what they have in front of them, they aren't going anywhere. They have a chance to do something special together and I would say if this team somehow made a run into the playoffs, that would definitely be one of the more special things that we've seen. So I think that that, that ability to know that is a big deal. Um, as for Randall Grichuk, he'll be on the team next year, but that's beside the point. Um, you know, going forward, I would like to see uh, that take effect. Uh, with Stephen Piscotty going down, I think that is a very good thing for this team. I think he needs that. Um, and it gives some opportunity to some other guys. So hopefully that we can continue to see some success from what we're going up after the trade deadline. Uh, I think that guys like Trevor Rosenthal, who I've been unbelievably impressed with lately, I think he is one of the biggest 
culprits for improving now that he knows he's going to be a Cardinal. Cause I think he thoroughly enjoys being here. I don't think he wanted to go anywhere. He wants to leave the Cardinals with the saves record and things like that. And I think that that's a possibility now um, going forward. I expect to see this team keep playing well. Uh, overall, I'm very happy with what we're seeing since the trade deadline. If it really does have a connection, I don't know, but it does make sense. Yeah, I mean, I just thought of that as Nathan said it. I thought that was a really poignant comment, and so thanks, Nathan, for that. I tell you what, guys, let's take us a little break. When we come back, I'm going to let you know the results of the last voting, and we're going to move into our next topic. You're listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast, episode number 21 on Blog Talk Radio. Stay with us. Thanks for sticking with us. You are listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast, episode number 21. I'm Michael Miles, joined in this episode by Josh McDonald and Nathan Grime. We are taking votes through this to see who is winning in each topic. Let's go back to the very beginning. That was our topic of push to 500. With 18 votes, I'm ready to announce the winner. Nathan Grime, you took the first topic. Congratulations. <laughs> and then our second topic, which was the negative comments regarding the St. Louis Cardinals Clubhouse, with 11 votes. So we've lost some voters or some listeners. I hope that's not true. Uh, it probably just means that Josh's family is not voting on these. I can now <laughs> announce to you that the winner of the second topic, Nathan Grime, by 55 to 45%. Oh, Nathan, two of two. I like it. All I, I like know is if this voting keeps up, I'm going to have to start making fake Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, guys, let's move to our next I will topic tell you, Twitter, Twitter polls – sorry, just real quick. Twitter polls are the yeah, most yeah. scientific polls. We learned that in the election last year. Just remember. That is true because they did predict the loser as to be the winner, right? Okay, so <laughs> back to baseball. I'm going to – toss out a few names let's talk about roster configuration and two of the names that i'm going to start with we've already seen some moves but i want you guys to to make some comments to them but i'm going to give you four names i really would like for you guys to field these talk to us about what you would do with those names and how they would impact roster configuration those four names are dexter fowler steven piscotti luke voigt and greg garcia and let's start with our two-time winner nathan grime yeah, well, seeing Fowler return today, obviously a move had to be made, and I was a bit surprised to see Stephen Stephen Piscotty go down to AAA just because this is the first time since breaking into the big league uh, two seasons ago that he's actually been optioned to AAA. Obviously, he's had a couple of rehab stints and all of that, but this was just a direct option. This wasn't Piscotty going on the disabled list or anything like that. Um, but I guess it does make sense. Uh, the Cardinals do have a bit of a, a roster glut at the outfield position, at least. And Toscati has been struggling. Uh, I guess the only other candidate for demotion would be Jose Martinez because he's the, the fourth outfielder. But how can you demote a guy that, you know, just hit a grand slam the day before? So, I mean, um, hopefully Toscati will be back. And, you know, hopefully this season is just an, an anomaly. You know, he's been on the disabled list a couple of times. Um, he's dealt with some personal issues, obviously, earlier this year. But a decision is still going to have to be made on Piscotty down the line as to whether this guy is going to be a starter, uh, you know, either later this season or next season because they, they gave him the contract 
at the beginning of this year, and we even saw his name surface in trade talks. I never really thought anything would happen with those because of his struggles this year. But a decision is going to need to be made on Piscotty. And similarly, uh, you mentioned Luke Voigt. A decision is going to, be, going to need to be made on Luke Voigt. Is he going to be a backup first baseman uh, for the rest of this year and even into next season? Or is this going to be a guy that you try, you try to just ride as long as you can as a pinch hitter and spot starter this year, but he really doesn't fit into the future plan? So that's going to be something to keep an eye on um, into the offseason, I think, is really where that will continue. Uh, Dexter Fowler, I think out of all of the outfielders, um, Dexter Fowler probably is um, is the guy that you would say isn't going anywhere as far as the starting spot is concerned, and that includes uh, looking ahead to next season. Um, obviously, the contract plays into that, and he hasn't been healthy all this season, so the Cardinals are obviously going to give him his due and give him his shot to be that center fielder. Um, he's been the, the starting center fielder, obviously, been healthy this season. Um, as far as finding a place in the lineup for him, uh, as the season continues, will be something to watch, I think. Batting sixth today, that's the lowest he's hit in any starting lineup this, this year. So that's something to watch. And that's not to take anything away from Tommy Pham either. I just think when you look ahead to 2018, um, Tommy Pham could be a guy that surfaces in trade talks. And it's almost like, um, you know, despite his fantastic year this year, I think Tommy Pham doesn't necessarily have a set-in-stone starting role for the Cardinals just because of how many outfielders they have at this point. Um, that's, of course, looking ahead to 2018, as I said. Um, and then Greg Garcia is a guy that um, on last week's show I said might be on his way out, but he's got four of the last five starts in the infield as Jed Jerko has struggled. And, um, you know, he, he can he can start at shortstop and second base as well. So that, um, that that's good for him as far as versatility is concerned. But I don't think Greg Garcia is ever going to be anything better than a when he's at his best good pinch hitter and good defensive replacement. So I wouldn't be too surprised um, if this was perhaps even Greg Garcia's last season in a Cardinals uniform. Um, I don't know what the Cardinals would want to do as far as sending him back to AAA because he's he's done enough um, in the big leagues, at least he's been here long enough, that you would think another team would perhaps uh, be interested in a guy like Garcia. But that's another guy that the Cardinals are going to have to make a decision on down the road. And a lot of that hinges on the decision that they would make uh, regarding Alexis Diaz because I don't think they've given up on him either. Okay. Hey, Josh, we're going to turn it over to you, but let me tell you very quickly, again, you have not spoken and you are currently winning this vote. So I don't know what that says about when you talk or not, but Hey, it's your turn. See if you can maintain the win in this category. If I don't win this third one, I might have to retire. Um, that list of four is a pretty interesting list because just considering where each of them is at right now, Dexter Fowler's not going anywhere. Dexter Fowler is going to be the starting center fielder for this team for the next few years. They, they're not going to spend that money on him and move him out in any facet because he was their guy this offseason. He was supposed to be the one to make a splash. I'm Right now, I'm going to say that next season – Dexter Fowler is going to have a much better season. It's essentially going to be like Mike Leake this year. Last season, Mike Leake was a disappointment with the signing. This year he came out hot, and he's been very solid. I, I have a feeling Dexter Fowler is going to have that effect coming forward, getting a little more comfortable, hopefully be healthy. But right now it's great to have him back. I think he provides a, a little bit of a relief to the team. 
not as much as a comic relief as Carlos Martinez, but I think that he's more of a fun guy who can lighten things up a little bit, but he's also a competitor, which I think this team, this team definitely needs. I, I like having him out there, and I think that we should expect to see him not go anywhere. Uh, as for Luke Voigt, I personally think that they'll commit to him being the backup first baseman, and if they can get him groomed and keep – him progressing maybe he's our starting first baseman a few years down the road I don't know they things didn't work out with Matt Adams and I think they're going to want Luke Voigt to be their Matt Adams that they had hoped he would be I hope for the Cardinals sake that's accurate because they need a guy like that I don't think there's a ton of those guys that are in the market that are going to be okay with being a bench bat and Luke Voigt's not in a position to be picky because he's coming up from AAA and he's going to play in the majors right now. So I think you'll see him still be there. Greg Garcia, I do believe uh, this is going to be the end of Greg Garcia's tenure with the Cardinals after this year. Uh, I think he he is getting a lot of time right now, which is a little disconcerting for me. I know Jed Jerko is in a little bit of a flux right now. He's not hitting well, and we haven't been seeing him, which is – a little bit of a problem considering he was our best hitter for quite some time. Hopefully, hopefully that he can turn things around because I don't as, as well as Garcia has been playing lately. I don't like seeing him starting as much as he is. Uh, as for who was the fourth guy? I keep talking and I forget things. You actually covered them all. And what's kind of funny is that you would cover. Yes. That you would cover them all, not know that you had covered them all and currently be winning in the category. Yes, killing the game. But I think that this speaks, is where we're at right now is I, uh, this team has a lot of questions. And I think that what we what Mosaic said around the trade deadline is going to ring true for a while. We're going to have to see what they have. But I think a lot of the questions are pretty easy to answer. There's not a ton of guys that I think that are like, all right, we really need to see what this person does before we decide to commit to them going forward. This, there's a lot of holes but that can't be fixed in one off season. So I think most of the guys we've talked about are going to have a role in this team next year. And I think that's really fair, you guys. I mean, my gut was going to be almost the exact same response that you gave. Uh, even though I hate to say it, I don't know that Greg Garcia – finds himself with the Cardinals beyond this year. As you all well know, I like Garcia a lot and find him to be one heck of a scrappy player. So we have just about four minutes left in that vote, or three minutes left. We've got eight votes in this category, and currently Josh has got a landslide, 75% to 25%. So we'll see if those hold over as we move on. Our next topic is, what do you guys think needs to happen for the Cardinals to make a real run at the division? I'm just going to leave it open like that because I'm really interested to hear what you, what you say about it, and we'll open up the vote as well. So let's turn first to Nathan. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's turn to Josh since he was winning. Josh, talk to us about what the Cardinals need to do to make a very serious run at this division from here out. I think it comes down to three things. Quality starts from the pitching. That's something that we saw earlier in the year, that we saw it fall off, and then we've seen it come back. The pitchers just need to give us six, give, give us six innings. If they can do that, then they've pitched a solid outing. Then the offense needs to hit. They cannot disappear for games at a time because then you know you're not going to win, and that's not 
that's not a recipe for success. At different times in the year, we've had the pitching be great and the and the the hitting be terrible, and then the hitting be great and the pitching be terrible. Those have to come together as as one for this team to win. And the third is the biggest question mark of all is the bullpen. Right now, it seems to be going well, which is great, but we've seen this bullpen as essentially a dumpster fire for a good portion of this year. And if guys can continue to be used in the right spots and they pitch well, that's going to put a lot less pressure on, on the starters to go longer and the hitting to have to make up for that. If this team can do those three facets, and I know that's, that's not saying a lot because that's what you need from every team because it's hitting and pitching, but without those three things, this team has no shot because the Cubs since the all-star break have been playing great baseball outside of the nationals who are probably the second best team in the NL. Uh, I think that this team has a chance if they can continue to play like they are right now, they cannot have parts of this, this team disappear because if they do, we're going to be talking about a team that's going to be sitting in the middle with a probably like a 15th pick. So I don't really think that's where this team wants to go. I would hope that's not where this team wants to be. I think that where we're at right now is is good, but I really think that this team can continue to improve. It just is a matter of those three facets. Okay, Nathan, I just want you to know Josh is bringing some heat. He's also just really putting it out there. And at this moment, something that I'm really impressed with is that Josh can talk and vote for himself at the same time. (laughs) Because he is currently winning this vote. Okay, well, he's got at least two fake Twitter accounts because he's got two votes right now. So, Nathan, if you're going to take this away and not let it end in a dead heat, you're going to have to bring some heat yourself. So have at it. <laughs> All right. Well, simple answer to, you know, what will it take for the Cards to win the division is win more games than the Cubs and Brewers. So then you, you talk about how is that going to happen, as I've touched on a couple of times already. They do control their own destiny, and what that means is um, they don't need to, at this point, rely on the Cubs and Brewers to lose because they have, enough head-to-head matchups with both of those teams at the end of the year that if they can win enough of those and then win enough of the games um, against other teams that they can win this division. So they're not at the point um, where they're relying on on either the Cubs or Brewers to lose. Obviously, that would help. But the Cardinals do need to um, obviously pick it up and play better, and that starts with themselves. Um, So, you know, what what does that look like? I think um, the starting pitching really has been there all year, so I think that just needs to continue. The offense obviously needs to, to to show up like it has the last couple of days, but they're not going to score 11 and 13 runs every single game. So what it comes down to then is, of course, putting um, pairing good pitching with solid offense. So that doesn't always have to be throwing a shutout and scoring 10 runs. Um, that just needs to be, you know, any combination of that that works. And I thought Lance Lynn's post-game comment um, after his start Saturday was well taken about, it just seems like the Cardinals haven't actually been able to put that together. And that's just the, like, that's the bare bones recipe for victory, right? Um, so if you're, if you're looking at this from an optimistic viewpoint, you could say that the Cardinals really haven't even reached their potential this year as far as um, getting on a roll and having guys reach their ceilings. I guess then the pessimistic response to that could be, 
well, maybe that's because the Cardinals aren't capable of that, and this is just the team that they have here. But, you know, besides what goes on on the field, I think a energized clubhouse would go a long way to make a run at the division, and that's where clubhouse unity becomes so critical. Um, no internal strife and, you know, all the guys being on the same page, having the same mindset, having the same goal and all pulling for each other. I think that really helps a tight-knit clubhouse would be beneficial down the stretch. Um, not to say that it hasn't been there, but, you know, as we get to the stretch run, um, that is very important, not only for the Cardinals, but for a lot of teams um, over the course of the entire season and then into those final months. Um, and, you know, besides that, if I were to point to anything else, I think the bullpen is really important as far as uh, consistency. Obviously, um, guys aren't going to be at their best every single night, but uh, a lot of that falls on Mike Sassini to make to make the right calls. And then, of course, the pitchers have got to be ready when their name is called. But I think roles, so having consistency and also having consistency in when guys are coming in, we really haven't seen too all too much of that until maybe just this past week. But I think that would probably help too. It's kind of the same mindset of a player who doesn't know if he's going to be on a team after a trade deadline. Um, if a reliever knows when he's going to come in in a certain situation, that might be beneficial just for the mindset and makeup of the player. Um, so, you know, all that said, I don't know if I'm ready to say I think the Cardinals will win the division or make a run at the division. There's just been too much inconsistency lately, and certainly two um, games of offensive production isn't going to make me say that this offense is automatically cured but just win series at this point, win series. And against the really bad teams, you know, if you could sneak in a sweep or two there down the stretch, that would go a long way. So it just comes down to um, being better than the other team, of course, putting up more runs, keeping runs off the board, but just winning series consistently as you control your own destiny, that's the biggest thing you can do at this point. And I think, you know, you guys are, are right. Um, what really interests me here is I was watching the vote and clearly Josh has four fake Twitter accounts. And I think, I mean, granted, he, he won with a landslide on this one 100% to zero. But that just tells me, Nathan, that he's better than you at voting while he talks. And while you were talking, you, you weren't able to get out the vote. What what happened there, man? I guess I was just focused too much on actually doing my job. I don't know. Oh, the shot. It's all fired. about multitasking. <laughs> Oh, all about that okay, multitasking. So you are at a dead heat. Nathan has taken two rounds. Josh has taken two rounds. We have exactly five minutes left in our podcast. What I want to do now is I'm going to give each one of you two minutes apiece to give us your National League power rankings. I'm going to put up the vote. This will decide who won tonight between Nathan and Josh. Let's turn first to you, Nate. Give us your power rankings for the National League. Well, if I rank the Cardinals number one, will I get the most votes? Is that how this is going to work? <laughs> no. Um, in all seriousness, though, the Dodgers have to be number one. How can they not be? Uh, they're on pace for like 100, at least 110 wins or something like that, and they just keep winning, and that's really impressive to see. Uh, looking forward to seeing them in the playoffs, though, because you know perhaps you know anything can happen when you get to October. So, but the Dodgers have got, are going to wrap that division up, uh, no problem. Number two's got to be the Nationals. They're the only other team. Uh, in the National League that's, uh, you know, playing above around the 500 mark at least. So them and the Dodgers, uh, one and two with Los Angeles, number one. Number three, I've got Colorado. And then number four, I've got Arizona. I think those could go either way. Those are the two teams 
basically at this point is battling for home field advantage in that wild card game. And then number five has got to be Chicago because they're leading leading the National League Central Division. Um, and then after that, you've I know we're not we're just going one through five, I'm assuming. But after that, the only others you know that are 500 or above are the Brewers and the Cardinals. So the National League does have the, a big gap between the best couple of teams and then a lot of teams hovering around 500. So you know you've got your de facto one and two, and then after that. Uh, besides the wild card teams, it's, it's all going to be determined in these last couple of months. Yeah, and I really wondered there, Nathan, if you were going to filibuster and make it to where Josh didn't have an opportunity to speak so that he couldn't <laughs> sweep this one. But you've left him some time. Josh, you've got about two minutes. Give us your power rankings. And by the way, guys, you've got no votes right now, so that tells me Josh has not voted yet for himself. So have at it. I have to agree with the top. It's it's the Dodgers, number one. It's not close. They're an incredible team. They're on pace to do something extremely special. They just added you Darvish, which is just unfair to a team that was already coming off winning 30 of 34 games. Uh, so after that, you got to go to Washington because with the injuries that they have had, they've lost Adam Eaton. Steven Strasburg's hurt. They had Trey Turner is on the DL, and they're still 22 games over 500 and leading their division by 14 games. That's unbelievable. After that, I'm going to go Colorado just because they're ahead of Arizona right now. But four, I'm going with Chicago, unfortunately, and I don't like that, and this probably will lose me votes. But they added Quintana, who is a very solid piece. They improved their bullpen. They're starting to hit. They're a scary team. They won the World Series last year. We cannot write them off. After that, Arizona to finish it off, and that might be a slap to Arizona because they do have five more wins than the Cubs, but overall, top to bottom, I think they the Cubs have a better team, and I think that by the end of the season, we're going to see that. And 6-7, you got to go Milwaukee and St. Louis just because Nathan did it. I want to do it too. Um, but the NL seems pretty much decided with who looks to be the ones that are making the runs and the ones that are in the playoffs unless the Cardinals can do something special, which I think everyone would love to see. We're looking down the barrel of those teams being the focus of October. Yeah, and guys, I got to let you know, Josh won that round. So I, I want to issue a congratulations to Josh on winning and an apology to Tito that I did not cook the books enough to make it where Josh couldn't defeat Nathan. Nathan, I'm really sorry that you lost to Josh. Um, better luck next time, I guess. Any trash talk between <laughs> the right. two of you in these last 30 seconds? I just want to say... I was down 2-0, but I came through and took the next three. Nate was a great challenger, but I will not be denied my victory. <laughs> I love it. Well, Nathan, right, sorry I, you I, lost. That's right. I just took the model the Cardinals take, you know, get ahead early and then, you know, wait for the bullpen to come in and play. But <laughs> I'll take the high road. Nice game, Josh. This was fun. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Our time is up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Cardinals.